Good evening and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham CC. Very pleased to have Sal Ali from North London with me. Sal, are you well? I'm good, thanks, Dan. I'm following the guidelines, so I'm safe and well. Good man. Are you socially distancing? I am indeed, yes. Good, good. Good, good. Um, pleased to have two guests with us this evening to talk about um, life and times in the County League and beyond, both from North Middlesex, both made quite an impact um, over the last couple of years. Uh, we have Joe Cracknell and Luke Holman. How are you guys? I'm very well, thank you. Pleased to be on the podcast. You're right, how are you? Good, good. And where are you both? You're both, I guess, at home in North London, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm at home with my, um, my parents, my two brothers in uh, Muswell Hill, North London. Yeah, I'm, I'm just at home with both my parents and uh, in Tufnell Park. How's, how's that fair enough, Joe? That sounds like a full house. Uh, cabin fever? Yeah, yeah, it is, especially with uh, two dogs running loose as well. Um, oh, crikey. Yeah, yeah, it can feel like we're um, standing on each other's toes sometimes, but no, it's fine. Nice to have everyone around. Good, 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 good. I was going to kick off this evening, Sal. Um, you know more about Middlesex cricket than most. Can you talk to us a little bit about about Joe and Luke and what they've achieved so far, and um, uh, where they're likely to go this season if uh, if the season ever finally starts? Yeah, pleasure, mate. Um, so quickly on Joe. Um, so he started off at Northbridge, where he's obviously still playing now. Um, he's progressed through the Middlesex age groups um, right up into the first team where he made his debut last season, played lots of Middlesex 2's cricket, um, made his actual first team debut against Ireland, which we'll come to later on. Obviously won the league last year of North Middlesex. He's nearly scored 2,000 runs uh, in the, in four seasons, I think it is now. Um, Luke, a also a North Middlecote, graduated into the first team. He's scored over 1,500 league runs and nearly taken 100 wickets. Also play Middlesex twos, Berkshire first team, England a nineteen regular. Um, between them, they've scored nine centuries and fifteen, sorry, seventeen fifties in the league. But I think the best stat or the most important piece of information we have about these two is that they both played state school cricket, or both from both from state schools, which is quite rare, rare in terms of becoming a first class cricketer. So you know, fantastic role models and excellent you know, um, sort of background in terms of where they've come to now, coming from state schools where obviously there's a lack of cricket being played and players coming into the, into the first class game. So they can act as, you know, kids role models for the future, which is great. Um, we are going to start off, guys, some get some information from both of you about your early times of playing cricket and where you've got to now. Um, Luke, do you want to get us going, please? Yeah, so um, I first joined uh, North Middlesex as a four-year-old. Um, Actually, a funny story. Well, North Middlesex and Ealing as well um, were the only two clubs who really accepted uh, kids under the age of seven. Um, and just in terms of just how North Middlesex being closer, that's why I kind of chose North Middlesex. Um, so, and I've, I've stayed there ever since. Um, uh, and then I was also playing, so I, I actually was at North Middlesex and I also played at Islington Cricket Club as well. Um, and then I... I had, so when I first joined Middlesex through the county age groups, I had to make a decision whether, whether who to play for um, and then consequently chose North Middlesex um, and stayed there ever since, really. Fantastic. And, and Joe, your sort of background and where, how you got to where you are now? Um, so mine was sort of um, by chance because I, I live basically a stone's throw from um, from the club, from North Mid. And... Um, my, I think it must have been my mum would have got one of the flyers for sort of a holiday camp for one of my brothers to go to so she could have some sort of t- time off looking after, after them during the summer holidays. Um, and they sort of started going, um, enjoyed it so much and then sort of dragged me along when I was um, seven. Um, and I've played all my Colts cricket and all my adults cricket um, um, there since and, and I've, they've, I've sort of turned out all right. So, yeah. So, it's a daft question, if I can dive in there, Luke. So, what, what does a four-year-old do when they go to play? Well, I've got two four-year-olds, you <laughs> see, so I've got a vested interest in this. So when you say you started playing cricket when you're four, I mean, I can't get mine to concentrate for more than about 10 seconds. What, what were you doing as a four-year-old at North Middlesex? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's a great question. I don't even know either. Um, <laughs> but um, my my parents, well, my mum actually first taught me how to bat when I was two. Um, she used to stand behind me and just kind of like... That is ridiculous. To, that that is ridiculous. 
um, and then fortunate, and then fortunately, uh, Richard Nickel accepted me onto the Colts um, at North Middlesex, and then I, I actually remember playing a game with one of Joe's brothers when I was, I think it was five or five or six, maybe um, <laughs> playing playing one of the games. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, it's it's been a hell of a journey, and oh, that's, it was an amazing feat to win the league last year as well. Luke, I was going to mention your dad as well, actually, because he's quite instrumental in, obviously, your career. And also, coming from Islington, where I've also grown up as well, as a young person, still live there now, um, being deprived of green space, very football-based sort of borough. Obviously, you've got Arsenal, you know, in, on the doorstep. And not many players actually play, well, kids play cricket in Islington. Your dad's played a massive part, hasn't he, in cricket being played within the borough, and not only um, at an adult level, but also like junior, like his level as well. Do you want to give us a quick, give a brief chat, you know, chat about your dad? Because obviously, you know, he's been quite instrumental in what he's done. Yeah. Peter, um, that is, by so, the way, obviously, yeah. Yeah, uh, so he he set up his own cricket club, uh, Pacific, uh, in 1983. And they first started playing at Tufnell Park playing fields. And then the cricket pitch was lit on fire during the 90s. So then they, they moved to Ray Crescent. Uh, which is in Finsbury Park, not far from Finsbury Park, um, and he hit about well, the club and himself were playing there for many a year. And now Ray Crescent's the only uh, green space where they can play cricket in Islington, um, and the club's still going. But like, so it's just social cricket. But um, yeah, he, he's he's had a massive, and he's like on like committees and like trying to sort out the ground and trying to keep residents happy from houses getting cricket balls through windows and cars and many a debacle so um guys don't yeah, even go there I'm, I'm, I'm secretary of a club that plays on a village green it's a goddamn <laughs> nightmare balls going through <laughs> windows and into cars oh my god i totally feel his pain yeah um so yeah he, he's had quite I, I suppose he's had quite a pivotal part in um on the positivity of cricket in islington really and like, i suppose i suppose many people um, see that, and I'm quite. I suppose I'm quite lucky to for him to get me involved in cricket at quite a young age. That's fantastic. I mean, I, I, there's so many questions I've got got about um, about that sort of development. But one one thing that occurs to me is that um, you started early, um, and it sounds like North Middlesex have got a fantastic infrastructure there for developing young cricketers. Because certainly, I remember North Middlesex being in Division Three of the county league probably a decade or so ago in fact, in fact i think they might have got promoted with twickenham one year maybe 2009 10 11. um so clearly the club has gone on this fantastic trajectory and it looks like it's really focused on on getting young young cricketers through so how many young cricketers does north middlesex have on a, uh, as a rule any idea i mean it, it sounds to me like you've got hundreds and hundreds is that right yeah i think i think um because my mum's the child welfare officer at the club i think it's now yeah, it's oh, now right, got okay. to the point yeah. where um, there's sort of a waiting list type thing. Um, and especially for us, we don't really have quite as many, um, well, how do I say, the resources. So we, we, we're we quite heavily reliant on the moment of volunteer coaches. Um, so I think to um, take on all the kids that we want to or that applied, we'd have to um, try and expand our coaching staff. But it's sort of, I think it's based on a type of yeah. um, model where anyone can join, um, no matter where you're from or um, anything like any, your background or whatever it is. Um, and it's just a sort of a welcoming place where um, everyone can enjoy cricket, really. Um, and then that sort of... Yeah, I mean, it, it looks that yeah, way. Yeah, and then that sort of transpires as, as sort of the age groups get older and older with there being a sort of an emphasis on um, the cults being pushed through the adult system. So sort of giving giving like younger Colts exposure to adults cricket from an earlier age, um, which I think holds people, uh, sort of, sorry, benefits them in the long run um, with those sort of experiences from their very first ex like experiences of men's cricket from a, as a young teenager can only benefit um, them in the future, which is what Luke and I were fortunate, fortunate enough to have. Yeah. I mean, we, we see that as well as opponents of North Middlesex, because I know your fours, for example, uh, play in Division mm. Two, don't they, of the third 11 
it's not really the third yeah. eleven string anymore, is it? And I mean that that's pretty. I mean they do play somewhere near Norway, don't they? I mean for, yeah. it's miles away <laughs> from Twickenham. Is it Walthamstow? Yeah, they yeah, play? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, our boys always joke about going overnight to, to play against your force. But I mean, the, one they're good. They're a good side. They've got some good players. But there's always a, you know an emphasis on youth in there. Four or five of them are always young lads. And that's clearly why in 10 years' time, North Middlesex are likely to be as, as strong as they are now. So um, fair play on that one. I was going to ask you, um, uh, Luke, you mentioned, I think that you play, you play for Berkshire as well, right? You played for Berkshire last year. Yeah, very briefly, yeah. yeah. Sure, yeah, but you've had a taste of it. Berkshire, the best minor county side out there at the moment. We talked about this last week, actually, with Luke Stanton, who, who, who has also played a bit of minor county's cricket. And obviously you played for, for Middlesex twos. Now, what... What's the difference in standard like between those two competitions? Because my impression, again, as an outsider looking in, is that twos cricket can be a bit erratic, really. You can get some, some really good players who clearly are first-team players who are, who are sort of on the fringes. But you can also get a lot of guys who, who are sort of having basically trial fixtures. Um, does that mean it's sort of better or worse than minor counties cricket? Or is it just too hard to tell? Um, that's, that's a good question. Um... Well, I haven't played a huge amount of um, minor counties cricket, but one thing that kind of reached out to me was like, obviously, they take it very, like, players take it very seriously, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, 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 maybe it's a monetary thing, and I, I don't know, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think minor counties cricket, I think from twos, it's you can come across like some, some players coming back from injury have played. X amount of first-class matches and an established first-team player, whereas minor county cricket, you you can obviously come across some first-team players or ex-first-team players. Um, but I think the the overall, the I would say the standard from man to man in the twos, you probably could say would be fractionally a bit higher. Um, not not that I'm. Um, Downing minor county cricket because I thought it was I thought it was quite a good standard um, and it was challenge very challenging. I think I think it's a different ball game though. I think playing minor counties to twos. I, I don't know. It was just a, I just had a different mindset. Um, it was just different and people play people are very passionate about minor county cricket because they're sim like they're similar. They've they've had quite a long relationship with those minor counties. So um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Um, I, I couldn't explicitly give a give an answer, but um, it's it's an interesting question. Well, I think that's an interesting one for me because I mean I, I certainly know from my own background that people do take minor counties cricket very seriously, and yet I'm not sure that people take Middlesex twos cricket that seriously. I think people who play it probably do to different degrees, but I, I can't really imagine watching a Middlesex twos game, but I can definitely imagine watching a Berkshire game. Um, and I think yeah, I, I think what, be... in terms of crowd. Um, and volume of people who turn up um, to minor counties cricket is far greater than um, twos cricket, yeah. um, which I suppose could add an element of atmosphere and a bit of pressure, I suppose, from yeah, playing maybe. minor counties maybe. cricket uh, over twos cricket. Yeah, I mean, um, and Peps has got a yeah. great unit there at Berkshire. They're, they're, they are the best side. Um, and I, I saw yeah, them play yeah. Shropshire Berkhamsted last year and, and there was only one team in it. Um, but Berkshire absolutely steamrolled. Steamwall Shop. I don't know if you played. Did you play in that game against Shropshire? I, I don't, don't I pl- recall your name. I actually played. I played the three-day game against Shropshire away. Um, oh, where were you? Can you remember? Uh, it was, we stayed in Telford. Oh dear! Is it what Shif- Is it? Yeah. <laughs> is it Shifnal? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a nice place to play. Uh, nice yeah, we we played there. It was really, no, I had a train. Uh, had a train track on on a big hill on one That's side it, of the ground. Yeah. It was really really nice ground. <laughs> um, yeah, Yeah. And and we 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 won the game. It was a good game, and I enjoyed it. So. Cool. cool. I remember those trains good, going yeah. racing by. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last question. Then we'll move on to to another thing altogether. And it's, th- that last question might have been a good one. This one is a silly one, right? But I I remember once saying to a guy from Twickenham, a New Zealander, um, "How'd you get on?" And he said, "Oh, I didn't get any runs." And I said, "Oh, where were you?" And he said, "Oh, we're at North Middlesex." And I said, "Oh, well, oh, well you know, win some, you lose." So I said, "No, no, I never score any runs in North London." And I said, "Do you not?" And he said, "No, no, it's North London wickets. They're just really different." I said, are they? Uh, and, he said, and, and he was absolutely <laughs> convinced that North London wickets were slower and lower than, than the wickets that we have in South West London. And I didn't think anything of this. This was 2007. And um, then about five years later, another guy said exactly the same thing. And I just thought, I, this is, as far as I'm concerned, th- th- there's no sense in this. But 
around the county? Have you guys noticed wickets um, in different parts of the county doing different things? Or is that just an urban myth that seems to be circulating around different parts of Twitter? Heavy theorems, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's completely true because Finchley is probably one of the quicker wickets in the league. Um, yeah, yeah. Although having, although having said that, from um, playing Colts cricket, I know that our wicket, Crouch End's wicket across the... Um, Across the path and Highgate's wicket aren't particular on the far side, um, so I, d- I don't know. Maybe something to do with the uh, the soil content, shall we say? I don't know. <laughs> I will feed that. Back. That's all I say. Is it ain't my theory, and I don't subscribe to it. But I will feed that back. It's all about the soil content. That sounds intelligent enough for me to pass on. Next question is a more, much more sensible one. Now you played representative cricket at all sorts of levels, including, of course, for um, for England. Um, now, can you talk to us a bit yeah. about that? You know, talk to us about your England experiences. Luke, do you want to kick off? Yeah, so um, I I played England in the 19s for two and a half years. Um, I, I first My first tour was to South Africa in 2017. I had the likes of Tom Banton, Ethan Bamber, Harry Brook, Will Jacks, all, all, fairly, all fairly going well. Counter cricketers and obviously... Tom Banton playing for England now. Um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I learnt loads, had some fantastic coaches, um, tra- travelled to some really amazing countries. Um, the experience of a World, under-19 World Cup was amazing as well. Um, playing on TV and having, well, we had our overseas, or two of our overseas from the previous season, both Kiwis, and they came down Um to to watch Ethan and I in in Queenstown, and to see them there was quite amazing. And the groundsman as well, um, he's Australian. He was over in uh, Brisbane, and he came down to Queenstown as well and watched us. So we had our families and those three to come down and support us. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed nineteens. Had some very tough experiences, especially in Bangladesh. Um, but it was good though. I really enjoyed it. When you say tough experiences, I mean, in what way? Just that they were good? Or, or, or I mean, I've been at Bangladesh, and it, yeah, it's, a di- it's a different type of place, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, we, we were there for a month. Um, couldn't leave the hotel, had highly strict security. Uh, we had blokes on our floor, like with AK 47s protecting us. Um, wow. Where were you? Chittagong? Just. just uh, so we were two weeks, in, two, weeks, two weeks in Chittagong, and then two weeks in Cox's Bazaar. Oh, okay. um, uh, so that was that was a bit of an interesting experience, and then on the field we won the we won the warm up game, and then lost uh, every single game after that. Um, wow, <laughs> fairly fairly convincingly as well. So um, they're, they're a hell of a side, and obviously two years later they won the under nineteen World Cup uh, start yeah, of this year. Yeah. So um, and the thing is, no should, surprise there, if I'm honest. I mean, they got they got hundreds of thousands, hundreds of millions of people living in Bangladesh. They're all cricket nuts. I mean, the big question should be why is the Bangladeshi senior team not done better? Because they're, they're obsessed with the game, you know. And, and yeah. I always find, you know, their underperformance is, is what needs explaining. Not, not, you know, I expect them to win these events because they've got two hundred million people who are besotted with it. So, um, yeah, you know, commiserations, but uh, I'm not, I'm not massively surprised. Yeah. They, they should be good. Was there anything else that you learned from that England experience? I mean, obviously, leave the AK forty sevens to one side, but on the field, yeah. is, is the game fundamentally different, or is it, or is it just, is it just literally that they were good, or, or is there more going on there? Um, I, I, to be honest, I think they were, they were probably a better team than us. That we were all quite young in terms of new to that level, whereas they had three or four series behind them. Um, previously, um, and bang- actually, Bangladesh as well was such a hard country to tour. In terms, we couldn't yeah. leave the hotel. We couldn't leave the hotel for a month. Um, and the pitches, <laughs> but the the two test matches we played, the pitches weren't as everyone would think dust bowls, nothing like that. They were heavily watered green flat pitches. Um, didn't really offer a huge amount of turn, and using a a red kookaburra is <laughs> never ideal on a flat one. So. Um, yeah, it was it was a tough gig. hell of an yeah. experience. Hell of, it was it was hell of experience. Um, but it was it was amazing, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, yeah. So, Joe, I was going to talk to you about your international experience as well. So you were uh, picked to play against Ireland in a in a warm up game for them before they played England at Lords. Um, in, in, in a game where you performed pretty well, looking at the scorecard. 
I mean, what was your um, sort of you know approach going into that game? I'm um, obviously you was facing three bowlers who played against him the other week after him and bowled him out. Obviously, in that infamous Test match for '85. Um, yeah, how did you sort of approach that game? What was your mindset going into that into that game against Ireland? Um, it's sort of one of those situations where I think it's sort of the win-win um, because realistically. I mean, however tough it is, you're there to sort of facilitate their practice and their preparation for their sort of the biggest game in their cricketing history the week after. Um, so it was, I, I almost viewed it as a a good test of where I was both in terms of my cricket um, and sort of the the mental side of, um, of proceedings. Um, but it, it, it was sort of a, a surreal experience in terms of being being there and actually realizing are oh, these blokes are turning up to to play for England next week, um, but not letting that affect uh, the way I sort of batted or played or went about things. Um, so it was just an, an, another opportunity to sort of see how I was going and where my game was sort of at. Um, but yeah, so. no, Joe, you can you can tell us what you scored, mate. Don't have to be shy here. You can tell <laughs> no, us your no. winnings. You know. I, I did all right. I scored tell a few. Us, tell, <laughs> tell, the listeners need to know what you scored, so you can. Well, okay, okay. So he, Joe came into bat seventy-one for five, um, where obviously Millicent were in trouble, and he went on to score one hundred and five and not out of one hundred and twenty-eight balls. Um, I mean, what was it like facing three guys who obviously the week after reducing them to you know the one of their lowest scores for years with Thompson, Adair, and the other bowler was Rankin, Rankin wasn't it? Rankin, yeah, I mean, what were those three like? Yeah, well. I, Lukey was actually at the other end when I was facing ranking and um, he, he came round the, the wicket to me. Um, and I'd, two weeks previously, I'd split open the top of my finger, which then I got hit on the glove by ranking uh, and re-split it. Um, so I, I actually had to retire her and I came out to bat again, um, which he, he didn't take too kindly to. So I started bowling around the wicket. And I, I'd had Lukey at the other end sitting on his bat laughing away as... Ranking was sort of <laughs> slamming them down, coming through my throat. So, um, <laughs> but no, it was it was. Yeah, I was, I was I was loving it at the other end. <laughs> yeah, didn't run. Always the best place to be at times like that. I feel. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Luke, it's always the best place to be if someone's trying to knock your head off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Although, um, Lukey, he he was pretty keen to drop a um, drop and run, which um, he isn't usually too keen to do unless it's on the fifth ball. Isn't that right, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, shots fired I like it, it yeah I'm sh- there's no surprise Joe going hard at me anyway, so. but there's no I, I, <laughs> I, I to be honest I don't know what. that's just another theorem it just, just isn't true I'm honest oh, well, no, sorry just a bit of background for the listeners um, there's a theory that goes around that Luke never runs um, quick singles un- <laughs> un- unless there are two factors one he's hit the, hit the ball so then he'll run doubly as hard or secondly, um, it's the fifth ball of the over, so that he can get the strike for the next over. <laughs> Unless it's ranking bowling. Oh yeah, of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> then, then he doesn't want any part of it. <laughs> right, you, you have the right to reply cheers, on this. We're cheers, Joe, open. for yeah. throwing me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing me under the bus, there. Wow. <laughs> Guys, Jesus I think we'll Christ. move on. I think yeah. I think we'll move on. Last year, North Middlesex. Yeah, yeah, happily. fantastic. Fantastic season. <laughs> Whichever way you look at it, you guys did did wonderfully well. Um, we, we, we talked to a few of the North Middlesex guys before about this, and it, it seems like it was, um, you know, it was a team effort, and and you know there, there were always superstars in every team effort. But when did you know you were going to win? When did it become clear to you that um, that, that this was going to be the season where you were you were going to be able to lift that big pot? Um, was it early doors? Did you know early on that things were looking good? You had a strong side and all the rest of it, or, or was there a certain game? Where you thought, right, that that's it, that's the statement. It's now ours to lose. What, what talk to us about the key moments? So I, th- I think there was two instances last season where the first game of the season we actually played Ealing, which which we did the previous season, and obviously Ealing being Ealing, we were like, right, we need to. This is going to be a high high um, high pressure game. And so it's always a it's always a twenty points a game anyway between Ealing. Um, so and we we lost it narrowly in the last over. Um, and we thought, well, we've we've played we've played our okay here. Um, we still got loads more to to give for the rest of the season, and like they've Ealing have just narrowly beaten us in the last over. So I think from that point that was quite pivotal, and I think we took we almost took confidence from that game 
despite losing narrowly, took confidence from that game and went on a bit of a run. And then there was a game midway through the season, we played Hampstead away and all the games throughout the league were washed out. And we we eventually got it on and we were like, oh, this is our opportunity to gain a bit of a lead here at the top. And um, we bowled pretty well. Um, we restricted Hampstead fairly, fairly lowly and then we didn't bat particularly well and then consequently lost the game. Um, but that, at that point, we actually realised, like, wow, like we're actually in a serious fight here to winning the title. I don't know, Joe might have a different point of view. but Yeah, that, that's quite interesting because there are two games that I sort of viewed um, that were pretty important. One was uh, the game we played against Richmond where Luke scored plenty. And um, I think we won by, was it 200 runs, Luke? Yeah, 200 on Evans' 200th game. Um, yeah, and that was sort of the time where we were like, right, these blokes won the league last year with a record amount of points um, and we've just beaten them by 200 runs. We could actually probably do this. But then there was that, there was another game at home when we played Twickenham. Um, oh, God. And that, that didn't <laughs> Talk, go carry so on, well. Carry on. Yeah, I, I, was, I was actually, um, well, I was actually captain that game. Um, <laughs> oh, God, I forgot about my that. First, First game as captain, it didn't exactly go to plan. Um, we, we, and you guys, you've got forty-five minutes to talk us through this game, guys. Significantly better than us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you guys played significantly better than us and deserved to win. Thank um, you very much. And that was sort of another reality check. <laughs> sort of another reality check where actually it's this not going to be plain sailing, um, and we need to work hard for this. Well, in all seriousness, that's interesting you say that because our guys came back, and I remember speaking to one of them who remained nameless. Said, "Right, those boys will win the league." And I said, well, what, what are you saying? You've just beaten them. He said, I'm telling you now, they'll win the league. And he listed a, a load of players who performed badly on the day. So that, that they'll do that once a season. They'll learn from getting beaten today. They'll win the league. And I thought it was quite interesting because, well, it clearly wasn't wrong. Um, and I think you do need to lose once in a while. You know, it, it, it sharpens, sharpens the brain, doesn't it? Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I, th- and I think it sort of made us realise, right, we're in a proper fight here. Um, and if we actually do want it and we do want to win it, we can't afford to sort of slip up again. Yeah. Um, and like people make mistakes and people sort of have off days. Um, but I think we knew as a collective and knew as a whole that it was, it was sort of, it was vital that that sort of didn't happen again if we were to have any chance. Um, and luckily enough, it did. Yeah. So, do you feel that you're better yeah. in the in the sort of overs game or, or the or the time game? Or doesn't it really matter? Cause from as, from what I see, it looks to me like you play the game the same way, whatever the format. You get runs on the board. You're nice and nice and aggressive with the bat and with the ball. And to be honest, you tend to win most cricket games if you do that. It doesn't matter whether it's twenty twenty or five days. Um, but for for you, no, no, no. You, well, I mean, personally, that that's sort of the way we've we've played our cricket for the last uh, four or five years. Um, we sort of like to bat first and um, put the put the other oppo under pressure from right right from the first ball. Um, and it's as as you said, it seems to work more often than not. Um, and it's and it's a game plan that has worked, has been successful successful for us in the past. So I, I don't, I, there wasn't really much need for us to change it. Yeah, I, I think also f- from my point of view as well, we've got so much depth in our bowling, um, which Joe might or should agree with. Um, we've we, we've probably got seven or eight bowlers who who can comfortably do a very good job. Um, and now having Joel open the bowling and. It, arguably is one is one of the best seamers in the league is quite ideal um, and then on the rare occasion when we get Ethan playing we have those two open the bowling is ideal um, yeah, yes, so yes. In, in t- well, in t- whether or not it's 50 over or um, the limited over stuff or the time stuff to have those the volume of options that we have for the bowling um, is pretty handy makes sense yeah, yeah. makes sense guys we're going to Continue with the Middlesex theme here. Um, obviously, so we've mentioned your your age cricket you played during during your time as, as cricketers. Now, obviously, it was a pivotal moment last year for both of you um, in terms of being awarded contracts with Middlesex. Is fantastic news. So well done from all of us, the league, and on the podcast as well. I mean, talk us through that sort of whole process. How does it work? Do you get emails? Do you get phone calls? Do you get some kind of consultation where you're told you know you're going to be given a contract? Who who you know who who do you get involved with at the club? Is it Fraser? other people involved I mean and also how you know what was your whole kind of um view on whether you'd be given a contract were you confident was it sort of touch and go do you want to give us some um drive through and um, Luke do you want to give us a start off there mate 
Yeah, so um, well, last season was my last year in the academy, so I, I, that in itself was quite nerve wracking because of it was the goal of I have a sign or I, I probably won't get anything. So, um, so the, the whole whole of last season was pretty nerve wracking, um, whether it was for North Middlesex or or the two stuff, um, and then last season went went fairly well, thankfully, and um, I. So I, I did okay in the twos towards the back end of the season and got called up. Well, I was supposed to have a meeting with Academy Director Rory Coots and uh, Gus, uh, Angus Fraser, um, about two weeks at the back end of September. And then um, I got called up for the championship game against Lancashire away. And I, my parents and I were like, surely, like, is this, like, sh- this has given us, like, clear... I was, I was, ne- I was so nervous, I just wasn't... We were just constantly guessing, oh, am I going to get it, am I not? And then to get called up to the first team, I didn't play, but to get called up to the squad and post, like, almost almost play that game uh, gave a bit of clarity and made me realise, like, wow, I, I could be getting it. And then and then eventually I had a meeting and then got told I was given a contract. Brilliant. And Joe? Um, so for me, slight, last year was slightly different. So I went um, to New Zealand and spent the, uh, the winter in Auckland um, at Suburbs New Lynn. Um, so I came back knowing that I was going to play a full season in the twos um, on a sort of like a, it was like a retainer basis um, where basically the sort of understanding was that if I perform well, um, then something could be um, sort of on the cards. Um, but then I, I, I was always going off to university uh, this September um so I, I wasn't sure how that was going to affect anything so I sort of finished the season um not fully knowing um and then I got a phone call when I was up in Durham up, up at university from from Gus uh, giving me the good news and then when I got back at Christmas sort of it all the stuff got sorted out and um the paperwork got signed um so yeah far far less interesting than Lukey's story <laughs> so, so in the, obviously now we're sort of like in a sort of Bit of a dead time at the moment in terms of cricket being played. I mean, what what's actually happening with you two regarding Middlesex? Are you sort of giving them sort of things to do at home in terms of training? Are you having regular contact with people within the club? How's it been? Yeah, well, I mean, all the contact we have had is um has been online. Like they've bit of yoga now and again, which is a bit strange doing it in the basement over Zoom. Um, but yeah, just anything to sort of keep in shape and keep ticking over. Um, and just being ultimately being ready for when the season does or if it if it starts because the sort of the run up is going to be significantly less than what what I'd be used to sure and and Luke yes yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty similar to Joe we're 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 doing it's all voluntary uh running we're, we're normally running four or five times uh, roughly about four or five times a week uh we've got loads of different running sessions you, Luke? well well I am actually surprisingly <laughs> so thanks for going up there um <laughs> um and we've got we've got all these um home program gym stuff um bit of well like Joe said we're doing got some yoga stuff um we had some we had actually had a Pilates session as well last week which was good um so a voluntary yeah. Pilates session so um <laughs> so all throughout the week well, it's th- most it's all weekdays we've all we've all got something to do um, and, and this Pilates yoga it, stuff fellas it's harder than you think isn't it I, I'll say it. I've tried a couple of these sessions, you know, and I'm, yeah. you know, a 45-year-old sort of plank of cardboard, uh, um, and I, I find them really hard. <laughs> I, I just can't do them. You know, they're, they're just way beyond. You know, I'd much rather go and run 10k. Yeah, you're telling me, mate. I'm, I'm the most unflexible person. I find them very, very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's yeah. so entertaining, though, yeah. so it's fine. It's so entertaining. <laughs> Talking of entertainment, we'll move on to our now traditional um, end of podcast quiz. Uh, you know the format, guys. Um, Sal and I will ask you a whole range of questions. Um, the first answer you think of is normally the best one. So I wouldn't, wouldn't want you to think for hours and hours about these things. Um, let's see what you got. Um, Joe, do you want to go first with Sky Sports or TMS? TMS. And Luke? Sky Sports. <laughs> well, we have a divide here. I'm intrigued. Mm. Now, why is that then? What, why is that? Can you talk to us about your choices? TMS is just the uh, the pinnacle of test match commentary, is it not? One could make the case. Fair point, yeah. Mm, One fair could point. make the case. And the riposte is? 
Well, firstly, Joe doesn't actually have a TV, so that's probably why he likes DMX. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, that explains why do I like Sky, yeah. Sky Sports? Um, I don't know. I've just grown up with it, um, and I, I just think the detail they put into it is highly class. Not 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 that they don't put it in on TMS, but I just think like some of the analysis they do, which you can visually see, is is improving every year. I, th- I think it's yeah. you get your money's worth watching it personally. So, so sorry to butt in, but did um, I'm not sure about the listeners, but I I listened to the ball by ball oh, uh, yes. Stokes innings that yep. they played on TMS um the other day, and I f- mm. it, I, do, I don't know what's better. Well, I do know what's better, and that's TMS commentary. So. That's all I'd say. Well, I made this mm-hmm. point in the last pod, actually, when we asked Luke Stanton this, in that I, I turned on to listen to that because they didn't just play Stokes' innings. They played the whole five days. Uh, the of, whole, uh, the yeah, whole yeah, unreal. And, and I, I tuned in and it was raining. And, and I'm like, hang on a minute, they're playing a rerun of the rain break. <laughs> and of course, it's all right knocking it. I listened to it, didn't I? <laughs> I spent the next few minutes listening yeah, to them. Cool. Uh, there's something about yeah, it. It's, it's a cult institution, isn't it, TMS? Although... I think the Sky Sports boys, every respect to them, that the quality of the analysis is um, is top draw. And particularly now they got rid of Botham and Gower, if I'm being brutally honest, because I thought neither of them were any good. But that, that's just me. I, I, Sam. Well, personally, oh. I, actually, I didn't mind Gower, but both of them I, I can see. But. Yeah. I think they've both moved on, haven't they, now? They've both decided enough. So no. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to move on to um, two guys that you might look up to, both of you. I'm sure one of them you can tell us a bit about in a minute, because obviously... You played with you guys last year. Um, of these two batsmen, we'll go with Joe again first. Joe, who do you prefer, Virat Kohli or AB de Villiers? AB. And Luke? AB. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell us why. Um, the thing is with Kohli, I've sort of I I didn't used to like him at all, and I've sort of grown to like him just because I thought he he um the way he acted, he just carried on like there was no tomorrow, <laughs> and um. I just, I just, I just didn't know if there was, um, that uh, I don't know, I, and because basically my thing was that I didn't think he was actually that good because he never scored a run in England, um, and then obviously they had the series over here and he scored plenty, um, so that sort of disproved, disproved my theory. Um, but I think, I think, I think Coley is is great for the game in terms of he's quite refreshing and he sort of has a different um, sort of way about going going about things and going about winning games that maybe other captains haven't um but ab de villiers just because i mean the fact that he can hit every single ball for six um no matter where is bold i think is insane did you meet did you meet him last year did you have much input from him last year when you when you played no I, no I didn't have i didn't have much to do with him last year no okay luke um I, ironically i'm the reason well the reason why i've gone ab is like for the reason similar to joe like for for Coley, when, when he, he never really did that well in England, and I, I personally think England's one of the hardest places to score runs, it, especially Red Bull cricket wise. Um, so, and then that, and, and for him not to do that well, I thought, well, I, I thought he, and then after that, he obviously doing so well, and then for the, for the series he had in 2018, obviously to score plenty like, as much as he did, then changed my opinion. But AB, I, I, the fact he can keep, the fact he can bowl. In fact, he's an amazing fielder. That's just just before his batting, which is just freakish. Um, I, that's why I, I think AB is just he's, he's a different kettle of fish, personally. But I think the one thing I would add about Coley, just just throwing this in there, it must be weird being treated like like a deity by a billion people. You know, the, the whole of India yeah. Yeah. Tre- treats him as if he's like you know above everybody else, and that's a billion people. I mean, it must be a yeah. really weird world. And I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how you deal with that. Uh, and he, I think he's calmed down a bit, hasn't he, by the looks of it? Um, and, and as you say, he, he can definitely yeah. bat. <laughs> no doubt yeah. about that. Yeah. Well, one of the things with Coley as well, like, he's one of the most famous, well, he's now one of the most famous sports people in the world. Yeah. And for him, to, for him to be a cricketer and promote cricket and brand it uh, around the world is I suppose you've got to put your hands up to say fair play. Yeah, fair play to him indeed. Next question, guys. Um, Joe, do you want to go first on this one? Twitter or Instagram? Instagram. Mm, okay, Luke. Uh, Instagram as well. Okay. Well, now I don't really use Instagram. I don't. I know it's about pictures, but what? Why does Instagram win out? What? What's the? 
What's the USP? I'm, I'm not a big tweeter, to be honest. I've never really got into it. Um, no particular reason, but I think everyone sort of has Instagram, uses Instagram, and I've sort of followed the trend. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Story of my life not following the trend there. I'll have to try and work out what the hell it is then. Um, yeah. Everyone else is fine. <laughs> yeah. Sal, okay. next one from you. Yeah, let's go. Boys, so what's your preferred format? Is it timed cricket or limited overs? There's only one winner. That's limited overs, I'm afraid. Uh, I, I can't make a decision. I enjoy both. And you've got to oh, choose one. You've got to choose out. one, Luke. You can't sit on the bench, mate. You've got or on the fence, so you've got to oh. choose one. Come on. Oh, I, I probably would have to go timed. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Um, limited, I... limited over, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> Pro- probably because we're, as as a club and as a team, like we, we're, we're pretty well drilled there and it's good winning one of them, which is normally over by 4.35. <laughs> okay. I didn't. I didn't particularly enjoy. I didn't particularly enjoy the eight fifteen finishes last year. At one point, <laughs> I think that's a fair comment. But I mean, what one thing that always occurred to me is the best games to win as a captain. If, if you're a captain in a side, is when you bowl the side out for ten runs short of whatever you've got. I always thought that was yeah, fantastic. Oh, yeah. um, there's, no, there's, not there's, there's not a better scene, really. Luke, I'm surprised you went um, limited overs cricket because I thought time cricket, there's there's an extra 16 overs that you can bat for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for a response on that one or is, is one not coming? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't normally bat that long, so I, I wouldn't know <laughs> what that is. No, that's a fair forward defensive, I feel, to that one. Guys, next one. Um We've asked this to most folks we've had on, and I think we've always had the same answer, I think. Um, fish and chips or Sunday roast? Luke, do you want to go first? Fish and chips. Ooh, controversial. Most people have said Sunday roast. Uh, I know, Joe? I know. Sal, Sal and I always say both, but I guess that's because we're not Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not professional cricketers and never have been. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It would have to be Mary Cracknell's Sunday Roast, I'm afraid. Oh. <laughs> it seems a fair, fair right. call to me. Yeah. Okay, guys. So outside of North Middlesex, um, what would be your favourite league wicket to bat on? Joe, you want to head us through this one? Um, I'd say Teddington. Mm. Oh, my... I wouldn't say a specific. Well, either Finchley, Hampstead, or uh, or actually North Mid. Are actually pitches. You can't choose North Mid. You can't no, choose North Mid. I know Oz is a, he's a great groundsman. Oz, he's a fantastic bloke as well. But you can't choose North Mid. Um, yeah, I, I'd have to go Finchley or Hampstead then. And is that because right. you've done well there, and you feel that you know you feel I'm going to go out and score runs, or is it because the, the 22 yards is just top notch, or both? Um, Finchley, I think it's heading. Go on, you go, you go. Fin- Finchley, definitely both. Um, I, I, I enjoy playing there, and it's a lovely track. Um, and Hampstead, it's, it's not. It's, I don't think I've played there. I don't think I've not played there with when it's not been a an absolute highway of a pitch. So, yeah. um, I, I, I enjoy playing there. It's, it's a great, it's a great ground to play as well. Cool, cool. Um, next one: Stokes or Flintoff? Joe, do you want to go on that one? Uh, off. Hmm. Okay. Luke? I'd have to go Stokes just in terms of volume of fifers and hundreds, I guess. Fair call. And, and why Flintoff? What, what was the, what, what's the reasoning there? I mean, it's a horrible question. I'm not sure I'd go for uh, it. <laughs> I don't know. I... Uh, Flintoff's just got something about him. I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of his podcast. Um, and now he's on Top Gear. I started watching that. I just think he's, he's just got. Uh, although Stokes has got something that other people don't. I don't know. I think the over against Ricky Ponting sways it for yeah, me. Yeah. That noble over, and he gets it on the seventh ball. Horrific over to face, isn't it? Yeah, brilliant over. Yeah, horrible. 
They're both yeah. absolute heroes, though. To be honest, yeah, I can, yeah. I can, I can, I, mean, I can aren't, I couldn't really answer that question. <laughs> I, I, I listened, I listened to Flintoff on the big. That's bash. why we asked it. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but Flintoff on the big bash when he was commentating was, um, he was brilliant. He's a funny guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't didn't realize yeah, quite how. Funny. Yeah, I could listen to him all day, really. Um, cool, Sal. Next one. Okay, so guys, the last two questions that me and Dan are going to ask you are kind of me split into two, so they've been separated now in a way to um, cater for both of you. So, Luke, this is for you now, so not, not Joe, just for Luke's one. Um, what's your favourite moment? Is it AFC Wimbledon beating West Ham in the FA Cup or your first team league debut for North Middlesex? Probably, I'd have to say first team debut for North Middlesex. And can you remember the game? Yeah, it was against Twickenham at home. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was a good day. Um, quite a good game, actually. We, we we fell seven runs short, but it was a it was a draw. We were nine down. Yeah. Um, and I felt horrifically out of depth throughout the whole game. Oh. <laughs> Story of my cricket and career, mate. Don't worry about that. Before <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we move on, so can you give us an indication um, where does where's your loyalty towards Wimbledon sort of come from? Being a Islington person, but well, we're an Arsenal fan, yeah. but obviously you're not. So. You know, um, so so my mum's side of the family um, are all from down Wimbledon way near um, Wimbledon and Kingston. So I go down, I try and watch four or five games a season. Um, I, I enjoy it and proper football so sounds League One, mate. Where it's yeah. at, even though even even though the ball's in the air for eighty five minutes of the ninety, it's it's still <laughs> a good watch. So like, like Joe's batting, isn't it? well, right, Joe sorry, your question. It, no, Germany wants to enter Crouch End anyway, so. Yeah, he does. Yeah, <laughs> top batsman. So, Joe, your one now. So, Joe, is your, your highlight being um, obviously Barnet winning the conference in 2014-2015 oh. or your first team league day for North Middlesex? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's only one answer and that's the first team debut just because... I knew, we knew that we got promoted and there was only one way we were going to go and that was back down, which is where we are now. And we haven't got out of the conference since. Um, so, yeah. Um, my first team debut was at Ealing away um, and they had a nasty, fast Australian bowler, Elliot Opie, I believe his name was. Yeah, I remember him, remember yeah. that very vividly. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And can you get any um, runs that day? 20-odd. Uh, I remember I hit, um, I, I hit the Aussie guy for three consecutive fours, which he didn't take too kindly to. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you one question about, about the Barnet thing I know this is a cricket podcast but um, Edgar Davids what, what the hell was mm. all that about Edgar Davids at Barnet I mean <laughs> it, it, it always looked a bit left field what did you make of it as a Barnet yeah, fan so right. I mean it's it extraordinary I think the most extraordinary thing was when they bought a, um, a painting out of him and put it next to the pitch before every game oh my <laughs> god I didn't, I didn't know that oh wow uh, yeah, and I think it was something like in his last 12 games, he got two or three red cards and something like six yellows just because he, he just got so frustrated of him being slightly too better and guys sort of kicking his ankles and shins and then he'd sort of lash out and, um, yeah, it wouldn't end too well. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked like a, an odd marriage. <laughs> yeah, that, that's for sure. All good. Yeah. Right, last question from me. Again, it's a two-parter, slightly, slightly different questions for, for the two of you. Um, this first question, it's not a type of question I normally ask you, so bear with me on this one. You'll get it, but the readers might not, or the listeners might not. Um, we've been reliably informed that North Middlesex has a, a wide array of animal noises that are made on the field when you're playing, right? And our, our spies tell us that you guys are heavily involved in all of this. Um, so <laughs> my question to you, Joe, goat or yeah. anteater? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, probably the dusty goat. The dusty goat. Like, where on earth did all this come from? <laughs> Can you just talk oh, to no. us? We've heard about it from a few sources, to be honest, but we we can't make any sense of it. Oh no. <laughs> um. Well, we we we've, we've played at some grounds, and I'm not going to name them. Um. That maybe the wickets haven't been too conducive. Um. To our style of play. Um. And we've sort of labelled them uh, the goat tracks. Because they um, we're back to Twickenham again, aren't we? Like I knew the, we were like... going to make an appearance again later on in this podcast. <laughs> Feel free to not comment. Feel free to not comment. No, no comment. No comment. Yeah. But we sort of say the goat, the goat, the goats can graze at, at will at certain at said grounds. Ah, okay, okay. An anteater. <laughs> 
No, I can't. I can't, I can't, can't comment there. on that one, I'm afraid. <laughs> the lawyers would be involved. Okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh, God. As questions go, that is, and I've done a few of these podcasts now, that, that's the most left-field question I, I've ever, ever found myself asking. Until, <laughs> until I get to this one, which, which for Luke, which I suppose he's not quite as left-field, but it's up there. Um, Favourite nickname, right? Augustus <laughs> or Anteater? The Anteater's back. <laughs> yeah, common theme here. Yep. Oh, God. Neither. Um, <laughs> can't believe seems Evan. Fair cool, actually. Evan's just throwing me under the bus here. Um, um, we never said it was Evan. We, we, you, 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 that's a, that's oh. a, a wild accusation. Oh, yeah. Good. Sorry, um, um, sorry, Dan. Well, can the supplementary question be why he's called Augustus as well, please? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I want to know. Um, yeah, no, we'll pass on that supplementary question. Um, <laughs> Augustus or Antita? Um, oh, I don't really care, really. If people <laughs> want to say whatever I am, I, I just laugh at it, really. Well, if you were to care and if you were to complain, you just know they're sticking forever in the day. If, if you if you move away, then they may, you know, if you ignore them, then they may <laughs> gradually fade into the background. Because we, we had Luke Stanton on last week, you know, the, the, the Barnsley Beast. And um, and I thought, I think that's a brilliant nickname because Luke's, Luke's a really nice guy. And I just thought, you know, what a left field one. The best nicknames are the left field ones that nobody else can make any sense of. So sounds like these two fit in. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> You'll be pleased to know that that was the last question in our quiz round. It doesn't get any more surreal than that. Um, Sal, anything you want to fling in? Um, I'll just say a huge thanks to both of them for coming on. I mean, it was, it was, we know their achievements from last season. Two fantastic batsmen and cricketers, but also two great two, you know, great guys having a podcast. And we wish them well in the future. Um, next week, we've got another guest coming on, another league legend from yesteryear who's not playing anymore. So we can leave that till next week. Um, and Dan, you can end it off, mate. Sure. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, fingers crossed you get some cricket, guys, because obviously big season for both of you coming up with Middlesex. We're, we'll obviously be, um, you know, cheering on from the sidelines, hoping you do well. And um, do you think you'll get any, any league cricket in if, if, with, with Middlesex contracts being as they are, or you're not really expecting to play much league cricket this year? Or just don't you know? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not too sure, but I'm sort of hoping to play as much as I can, really. If I'm yep. available, I'm, I'll be keen to play. So, good, good. Yeah, likewise. Like, I'd I enjoy playing. For, I love playing for North Mid. So um, hopefully, I can, yep. hopefully they will allow us both. Well, and Eastern as well to play as much as we yep. can. Well, I think eighteen game seasons are short enough as it is. I mean, I, I come from a world of twenty two games up in the Midlands. So you know, to only have say eight or nine games, you might as well uh, might as well fill your boots when you can, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Cool, fellas. It's all, it's been a pleasure. Um, thanks very much. And um, yeah, we'll be back as normal next week. So cheers, guys. No, thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Cheers, thank you. Ta-ra. Cheers.